So welcome everybody to today's episode of the Independent Teacher Podcast, and I'm really pleased to catch up with Anya Ryan. Anya, hello. Hi. Now, Anya and I go back a long way, don't we? Yeah. So Anya used to be uh, a student at the school where I was a teacher, and what we're going to do in, in the podcast today is going to reflect a little bit on Anya's education. We're going to talk about her career. Over to you, Anya. Can you tell us about your career very briefly? Um, so when I was at school, I loved theatre. I literally lived and breathed it. I never really wanted to do anything academic. I just wanted to spend my whole time on the stage. And I decided to do drama at university, even though at the time I probably would have preferred to go to drama school. But I did drama at Manchester. And over the course of three years, I realised I didn't actually want to be an actor. So I came out of university feeling a bit lost, not knowing what to do. So I just applied for basically every arts starter job that I could find. I didn't really have very much experience, but I applied for an internship through this amazing company called Creative Access, which tries to get more diverse people into the arts. And I applied for an internship at the BBC with Blue Peter, and I worked there for a year. And then that was in Manchester. And then I moved to London and worked at the one show up until COVID. In that summer, I lost my job. They didn't continue my contract because my role wasn't needed anymore because um, of a restructure because of COVID. So for about two months, I was on furlough from them and I was just overwhelmed with worry. I moved back home with my parents and I kind of sat down and I thought, what what do I want to do? And when I first started working at the BBC, I really wanted to work for this programme called Front Row, which is on Radio 4 and it covers it's daily and it covers all arts and culture and I met the editor while I was working at the one show and just said I really want to work here and she said I'm sorry we haven't got any jobs at the moment but you can come and shadow and I never got to do that because of Covid but I was just emailing every single person I knew I just emailed, emailed, emailed. and I emailed them and they said yeah we've got an opening you can come and um, be an assistant producer here so I did and I've been working there over a year and a half now, on and off. It's freelance, so I work for other places too. And then kind of at the same time, I also decided that I wanted to start writing. And I did some online workshops about kind, that kind of taught me the ways that I could get into a newspaper. So I started pitching. And when I first started, most of my pitches got ignored. I would say nine out of 10 of them got ignored. And the other one, it was just a straight no. And I probably for about three months, I pitched pretty consistently every week, probably about five articles a week and everything was a no. And then eventually I got a yes. And I think once you get one yes, it's so much easier to get another. I mean, it was still hard work, but ultimately what I wanted to do was write about theatre. Once I started working at Front Row, I could kind of be like, I work at Front Row and I already work with things about theatre, can I write this for you? And I guess with that background knowledge, they were more willing to like, let me have a go. Um, sorry, that was a bit of a long-winded answer. 
And that's writing for a national newspaper, isn't it? Yeah, so now I'm a theatre reviewer, so I review quite regularly for The Guardian, um, The Independent, Time Out, The Stage, um, and then, you know, I've written in uh, The Evening Standard, I've written for the BBC. Um, yeah, so kind of a, a wide range of places, um, but I'm not employed by any of them. What's coming out from our conversation at the moment is... You've got to have been resilient. Um, (laughs) You've got to have been able to face rejection. So I suppose my my question is, how well did your time at school prepare you for the jobs that you're now doing, but also for those character building, um, you know, knockbacks that I suppose that that you've talked about there in some respects? So I actually think being quite badly behaved at school probably prepared me to get to have a thicker skin you know I because we're not telling any of our listeners that it's okay to be badly behaved at school and that's how you get on no of course not you know I saw school as something a place to have fun primarily I it took me until my sixth form probably to settle down and actually start doing some work but until then you know I was told off all the time um and you know I would hand in pieces of work that was just like a mess basically and get them back and be like this is like what is this but I guess that built in me kind of like a thick skin to you know things can go wrong and then you have to pick yourself back up and you just have to keep going and I you know I mentioned I was I did a lot of theatre when I was younger and I think the rejection of that you know auditioning and getting told that you know you're not good enough that has really prepared me for you know you know constant knockbacks in journalism I think a lot of people leave school or definitely a school that, that I went to having always you know got everything you know they're the top of the class and they've done really well and that's amazing but I think you know there are going to be times in your life where things will go wrong and for me I think I, I learned that early and I was I'm quite glad for that and and what do you think your education has actually given you then apart from the things you've just mentioned there what else has it has it given you? Well, I think I am enormously privileged to have gone to a school like mine. Um, I think um, I've got some stats here, actually. Um, so I, I think they did, the NCTJ did a recent survey about kind of like who, um, the kind of people that make up journalism. 80% of journalists are, cl- are classified from coming from a privileged background which is like a financially privileged background, which is massive. An education like mine has prepared me to be surrounded by more people that, you know, have been born from privilege, you know, and it, I think it's instilled in me kind of a confidence that I wouldn't have had otherwise. And, you know, I'm really lucky to have that. You know, I feel able to be able to go up to people who are older than me, who are in, you know, higher positions than me and have a conversation and you know some people I know aren't like that and I I do think that comes from school and I'm really lucky to have that and we should say that the school that you went to was an independent school yeah 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 also I think you know even though I was told off at school a lot I think we were always treated as adults you know we Mm. were we were spoken to and I always felt like my opinion mattered that makes me feel like my opinion matters now. Now my whole job is, is writing my opinion. 
and I was scared to do that at first mm. but you know at school people would talk to me as if the thoughts that I had were kind of as valid as theirs and maybe that gave me kind of a confidence that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Okay so confidence is important if we've got any of our listeners who are teachers and they're preparing young people for um, the next steps in their careers and some of the young people say that they want to be a journalist what what advice would you give to the teachers who are saying to young people okay a career in journalism yeah that's fine but these are the things that you need to do well see I think it's amazing that someone at I don't know 16 17 knows what they want to do so if they're saying they really want to be a journalist I think capitalise on that. You know, so many people, it took me such a long time to work out what I wanted to do. So I guess just write, like write as much as possible. And, you know, I didn't know I could have got into a national newspaper when I was 16, but you can. You can pitch when you're 16 and, you know, so many young people won't be doing that. So you'll be already stand out from the crowd of, you know, people that are my age and older. You know, pitch about things about school, you know, your experience at school pitch about you know things that are unique to your family or the place that you live you know if you don't live in London that's a massive strength well a strength and a weakness you know you could pitch a story about the area that you come from think about the things that are unique to you and kind of go for that but I think any writing is good writing you know start a blog read as much as possible and don't just read you know don't just read this one source don't just read the BBC or the Guardian read things you don't necessarily agree with don't tell me you're going to say read the Daily Mail well I mean I wouldn't do that but you know the advice I got early on is basically read everything which you know I didn't necessarily do I mean it wasn't so I read I wasn't reading like the Sun or the Daily Mail but you know I have read things like a lot of things particularly in theatre now like if I review something I will read every everyone else's reviews that have also reviewed that because I'm interested in other people's opinions I'm interested in like how people write like when I read some when I read someone's review if I like the way that they've written I'll write it down like I'll write down I've literally got a, a list on my phone of words of like phrases that I like in other people's writings that maybe that I'll use in the future like think about the things that you can write that nobody else can okay do you think that you've ever encountered Oxbridge bias in the media? I think going to Oxbridge gives you a massive leg up and a lot of journalists that I've met have been to Oxbridge and um, you know even when they were at university they went to like talks and stuff by other journalists that went to Oxbridge before them you know and it's so impressive you meet someone who goes to Oxbridge and you are automatically impressed. Oh yeah. I think so. I can't always say I can't always say that's the case when I've met people in my line of work. Really? Maybe it's just because of like the school I went to and it was so celebrated if you got into Oxbridge. They were really worked hard at. You know, I remember the people who were thought as as like Oxbridge potentials were taken off and like really like worked at. And you know, I never you know, I never got that. And I was like looking at that, like, why is that not me? I don't know. And maybe it was that separation that I had from when I was younger that I still kind of look at them and be like wow that's so cool that they did that I, I don't know but I also think there's other layers of privilege in journalism and in work more generally that you know are also there so I think class is massive like in journalism it's it is massive like and I was talking to my friend and they did a internship like me 
and they got them into the BBC and they were a journalist at the BBC and they were both um, South Asian and um, they came from a lower economic background. And they said, race holds you back, but class is what keeps you there. And they found navigating class much more difficult once they're actually in than navigating like their race. But I also, you know, I think race is, is, is massive. You know, I think, I think it's like 87% of journalists are white. And, you know, you do feel that. And even with all the privilege that I've had from a really young age, which I would never deny, you know, you do, it's hard to walk into a room and be the only person that isn't white. And, you know, I go and sit in a theatre and I see all the critics around me are white men and they're above the age of 50. And, you know, I feel out of place at times. You know, it's a, there's a massive sense of imposter syndrome. And I have to kind of check, remind myself and be like, you know, your opinion matters and your opinion is needed. And we need that more broadly across journalism. Do you know, that reminds me so much. In an earlier podcast, I talked to Grace Gwynn, who's a barrister. And she talked exactly the same about being a young female barrister and working alongside people who were much older than her. We didn't talk about race, um, but certainly, you know, I think it's a problem in our society, isn't it? I think definitely, definitely true. So putting your your knowledge of theatre to the test now, can you give me one theatre production that you would be saying to our listeners, oh, go and see that if you can? I saw Jerusalem was a revival of the, this play, um, which is called, had, has been called kind of the play of the century and it has all the original cast in it. I mean, I didn't love it as much as some critics did, but it was a re really felt like I was watching a moment in history, which I felt kind of privileged to see that, I guess. I'm very conscious of just recommending things in London but like I'm really excited for this new Billy Elliot oh is it one of the curve productions yeah I think regional theatres are amazing you know and the outreach that they do with the community like the Manchester Royal Exchange is I just think it's the best theatre in the whole country and that's what got me into criticism actually when I was working at Blue Peter I did this course at the Royal Exchange I just applied for it kind of I was just like I want to do something that isn't work so I applied for this course at the Royal Exchange and it was run by this critic called Catherine Love who writes for The Guardian and The Stage but at the time she was writing a lot um, and she was based in the north so she writes she covers theatre in like Leeds and Manchester and York and it's the first time I ever considered being a theatre reviewer I never even considered that as something I could do and even though it took me like two years to actually sit down and be like maybe I want to do this professionally I would never have done that if that theatre hadn't run something like that. Even in London, the theatres I love are not really the big West End ones. You know, there's theatres like The Bush, which is 50 years, I think it's 50 years this year. And it's got like all these anniversary productions, but it's so diverse. The things that they put on, like, it feels like they're actually trying to make an effort to make theatre more accessible because it has got this reputation and it's the truth of being stuffy and something that is not for 
people of lower economic backgrounds you know it's for white older people that you know have grown up with it and like that's not what I think theatre should be or is sometimes so I guess my advice is don't go and see all the West End stuff like find something new and exciting something that represents you because it is out there and there's also so many amazing ticket schemes it's like the National Theatre runs a ticket scheme every Friday which gets you £10 tickets for the next week the Young Vic like offers tickets to like residents of Lambeth at cheap prices like look for things like that that can get you in. So Anya we're we're almost reaching the end of our conversation if you could go back in time and give your 16 year old self some advice what would your top three tips be? To follow your passions I think I got told when I was younger quite a lot that, you know, academia was everything. And for me, the theatre was everything. And that's what I loved. And that's what I still love. And that's what's got me, my career, ultimately, is that passion. Like, have faith in that. And it won't work out the way that you think it will. But, you know, it will stay with you and it will make you unique. I think that's something I would definitely say. Number two. Oh, gosh. I think work harder, but also that it doesn't really matter. You know, I was surrounded by such clever girls and I felt out of my depth. I never felt like I was, I was, I was as good as them. But I have other qualities, I think, that many of them probably don't have. And that is as important and as valid. So work hard, you know, stop messing around. Like, you know, you'll find joy in hard work, I think. And that's something I definitely feel now. Like, I... I can't really imagine not being busy and I'm glad for that and I wouldn't want to not be working so maybe if I found that earlier that would be that would be nice um but also that yeah it doesn't really matter don't have to be good at everything and I definitely wasn't but you know I was good at one thing and I think that's what's carried me um number three number three read more I read so much now, but then I, I, I wasn't reading. Like I was just at school and read the books I was supposed to. I kind of always felt people that were reading were just a bit, were a bit stuffy. I was like, why, why are you doing that? We go, we go to school. Like, why are you wasting your time? I realise now that is like totally ridiculous. Like I find so much joy in like, like disappearing into another world. And I guess read more and write more. Because I never did any, I I wrote loads when I was like a a really young kid. But then throughout my period of secondary school, I mean, I never picked up a pen, barely to even do my homework. But like now it's how I process everything. Like if something bad happens to me, I write it down. Like I, I, in, I like the way I work through everything is by writing something, even if it's just creative, like it's the way like my, my brain functions like I have to do that in order to find some clarity and the fact that I didn't do that for like seven years I I, honestly I like I don't know how I functioned and and I've got one last question for you was there one teacher or anyone who really inspired you when when you were in school where you went to a lesson and you thought oh gosh that's amazing there was actually so many um I had this teacher when I was in year nine and she um was an English teacher Mrs Moore and she used to read to us and she was just the most amazing reader and 
you know, in every other lesson, we were just like following the syllabus. But this, it, I remember she told us to put our head on the table and kind of close our eyes and she would read us like segments of the stories and they, she was just incredible. Like, and I always thought she could like go into audiobook reading or something. You were transported into another world in that lesson. And I guess it was my like love of theatre as well. It was kind of like, you know, my head was on the table and, but I wasn't there. You know, I, I was just listening to her like so intently and the whole class felt exactly the same. We'd leave those lessons and be like, can't wait for next week. And it's interesting that those are the things you remember, you know, um, I was asked the other day, like, how much do you remember of your GCSEs? Like, I couldn't do any maths. Like, honestly, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know where to start. But I remember that. And I remember, I also had this other history teacher when I was in um, sixth form called Miss Plant. She was amazing, like, absolutely amazing. Like, like the best teacher I've ever had. She was the way that she taught us was just we got so much information but she made things so simple and she really like sparked an interest in me in things that I never really thought were I don't know anything anything that I would really find passion in but I remember so clearly like I, I was I went she used to give us these tests um like quite regularly and I was like desperate to impress her. And I don't really know why, but I was just desperate. <laughs> anyway, once I hadn't revised for this test, so I wrote loads of stuff on my hands. I was like, went in to cheat. And she saw me cheating. And she, she, was, she was like, I can't even look at you. And I just felt like I'd let her down so much. And I never really felt like that with a teacher. I was like, I didn't really, I didn't really mind that I was like letting people down. But with her, I was like, I've done something awful here. And I went in to see her and I was like, I'll, I will never do that again. And I remember that feeling like so vis viscerally, like the feeling in the like the depths of my stomach, like I've really messed up here and I shouldn't have done that. And yet I've loved talking to you and hearing about all the things that you got up to at school that I had no idea about. And obviously the guidance that you've been giving there to, to people who are thinking about a career in journalism. And that's been really helpful. But I think most of all, you know, thank you for reflecting on and, and talking about your own education. I just want to say thank you ever so much for joining me on the Independent Teacher Podcast. Thank you. You've been listening to the Independent Teacher Podcast. If you like listening to this podcast, please consider giving us a five-star rating either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts.